I think I talked more and so this time my mom's gonna talk and she's gonna share a little story because she's actually been going back to school. Well I went back to school I decided to go and do some upgrading since I haven't been to school for a long time so I really want to brush up on my English so I'm taking mainly taking an English course so that because I want to be a writer I'd like to write a book about myself or my experience through life. So my first day of school started in January 5th. So we first had an orientation. The second day, that was our first class. So I had to print out my schedule. So I ended up uh, printing out my schedule and it was the, it had a computer course, but they had about three different kind of uh, computer courses, classes. So I went and went and sat in this one class thinking it was my class. So I sat in there and next thing you know, they're talking about all these PowerPoint and I didn't even have a clue what PowerPoint was and the teacher saying, well, we're going to start with PowerPoint since this is where we left off and I thought, wow. I didn't have a clue what we were talking about PowerPoint and my goodness I didn't know what snap was and wow so I figured I just looked at that teacher and I was looking at everybody and they all looked like young students they all started <clears throat> they must have been in that course before so <clears throat> when I sat in this classroom the computer our computer teacher turned around and started explaining all the if you do any keyboarding, not to worry, and don't worry, I won't hit your fingers with a ruler. If you make any mistakes, it's not that kind of a course. And I just, then everybody started laughing. So I haven't been to school for a long time, and that is one of the things why I was afraid of going to school because of the bad experience I went through going to, in a classroom, being, you know, physically abused, verbally abused. So that really brought on the, um, the residential school um, abuse I've been through. So I started, I laughed along, but inside I was just scared. I didn't know whether I should stay in the class or maybe I should just leave. Or So it turned out the teacher told, uh, just mentioned that he just had a, heart surgery. So, so then after that class, you went up to him and you and you basically were going to go confront him and say, I was, you yeah. know, I'm going back to school because I, I was in residential school. I got um, some money <clears throat> to go put towards education, so I'm using that to go back to school. And you were going to go tell him, like, what I was going to tell him, yeah, but 
I was going to tell him. I didn't really tell him, you know, the abuse. I just said I, I'm, I'm going back to school since residential school. But I didn't mention about this. Not after, when he mentioned about his heart surgery, and he's, you know, he's just, he just came from heart surgery, and I, and I was more. I just stopped there. I didn't want him to get really stressed upset out. or stressed <laughs> out and tell him that, you know, oh, the, you know that comment that you made? Like, I didn't want to tell him that. I just told him that I'm a residential school survivor. That's all I said. And when you first told me this story, we were in the car on our way back home to Edmonton, or from Edmonton, <clears throat> and um, I started laughing because I said, that's typically my mom. She goes in there trying to, you know, stick up for herself and say, you know, just kind of give him some information, like, you know, maybe that was an inappropriate comment, you know, or at least not to say comments like that anymore, you know, because I'm a residential school survivor. And then once he tells you he's had a heart, he's had a heart attack and a heart bypass, you you don't care about yourself anymore. No. You're just worried about this guy. You're like, oh, I don't want to upset him. <laughs> but in, in the end, I went over to tell the school counselor so it, the school counselor eventually talked to him. Yeah. So he, but yeah, he talked to you know he he had a talk with the uh, the teacher about it. Because you you didn't you didn't react well to it. I, I didn't know. I was texting you during. during I was a, crying too because don't forget I left that classroom. Yeah. I was I don't know what I was more upset the comment he made, or the in fact the that wrong you went class. to the wrong classroom. I went to the wrong class and I was I was hyperventilating on both things. I'm not going to make it in this computer. That's the first thing I said. I said, and another thing too is, how am I going to handle sitting in a classroom again? You know, going through this again. You know, so I had two things hitting me all at once at the same time, unexpectedly. So I was really, I started crying, shaking, and I couldn't breathe. I ran to the bathroom to try to take a deep breath. I just bawled my eyes out and then I went over to see the counselor, the school counselor, one of the counselors that I go and see. Her name is Pauline. She's a very nice lady. So I went back I went there to see her and I had to see her in the emergency call, you know. I just walked in there and I, I explained to her what happened. So she was uh so we had a long talk and had me calm down and, you know, I started getting relaxing and she, you know, explained everything that I'll be going through. <coughs> So I managed to handle that, but I was more worried about English was my next subject, and mm. I m missed that English course, and that's what really, what I was really so worrying about is missing the English class. Well, you already said, like, when you went into school, you already said your first goal was to have a 100% attendance, yeah. and you've already missed two I classes I was so now. upset I missed that class. I thought, why, goodness, you know. No, you know, so I forget. There goes my perfect attendance, because I said to the teachers, I intend to have a perfect attendance through this semester. And you were texting me that while I was at work, and I was texting you back, and I kept texting you back saying, you know, first week of school, no one really takes attendance <laughs> because people are still shuffling their schedules. Sometimes they're in a class, but, you know, they've decided to drop it for whatever reason, so they move, so sometimes they're still on the attendance sheet. Or sometimes they haven't made it to the attendance sheet yet, so they're not even on the list yet. And so I was texting you all this information, and I was trying to cheer you up. I was trying to say, you know, it's okay, it's okay, because no one takes attendance in the first week because, because of these things. <clears throat> and if you tell them the reason why you missed, I said, 
they'll most likely be accommodating. You just went to the wrong classroom. You did attend, you just went to the wrong one. And so, and so I was like, don't worry, you're still going to have your perfect attendance. You know, everything's going to be good. And so when we got in the car, we were laughing about it in the end. because you were laughing about it. You were it. telling me about the first day. I felt, I you were laughing really, that you were yeah. hyperventilating and you spent two hours in the... <laughs> In the washroom. In the washroom or with the counselor. counselor We were laughing all the way in the back, so it wasn't that bad when we got home, so. No. That was, that really, that really made me calm, you know. It made me realize I was over, I was just, I think I was just hyperventilating and worried. I worried so quickly because of the classroom because, you know, I didn't want to get in trouble and there you go again, and that mentality of, you know, being in a classroom. If you're late for a classroom, you're going to get hit. That, that's, you know, it, it, it really triggers. There's a lot of triggering in classrooms the first week. You know what I also did for you? <clears throat> so we have a friend who has a radio show called Achimowin, and so I even texted her and told her that this is your first day of week, and she even did a shout-out to you and dedicated a song to you. And so on Friday, I was like, hey, Mom, Jody uh, dedicated a song for you on uh, on a chimwine. And she was like, oh, that's so nice. Even though I know you didn't, you didn't even hear it, but no. I told you <laughs> that uh, That really, oh, that really made me happy to, you know, for her to do that. We're, we're so proud of you because you, you, you're really trying to go back to school, and it's something you've always wanted to do. And I've so, been wanting to do this and for we, years. And we know it's harder for you because, you know, it is. we've... We've done the documentary. Um, we did a documentary over the last year with some youth where we were basically reflecting on the Truth and Reconciliation, which is the residential school uh, um, conferences, I guess you could say, where survivors got together, and there were seven of them all together. The last one was in Edmonton, so we documented this, and we documented it through youth perspective, <clears throat> and we also had you as the guiding, I guess, elder per se. Because yeah. um, <clears throat> you were kind of guiding them through what it was to feel like to be in feel a residential like school, yeah. your experience. You kind of guided them if they needed any help, what kind of questions to ask, what to be prepared for yeah. as we were doing this documentary. And even then, there were some times where Jody would tell me, okay, they're going to go to this play, or they're going to go to this movie, or they're going to go to this thing. And she would always tell me what it was about first. And I would always prepare you first. Like, one of them was a play. I can't remember the name. I'll have to get the name. But um, it was about um, it was about residential school abuse. And, and so yes. I explained to you what it was, and you were going to go there with the kids. But they were all very understanding that <clears throat> the... It was very graphic, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, it was all graphic. Very detailed, very raw. And so I explained to you what it was, and you didn't go. I didn't go. I, the the classroom we, part was as soon as I seen them, the film, the documentary that they had, and the picture of the classroom, that's how the classroom looks like where mm -hmm. I was in. And we, we tried to shield you from those yeah. as much so as possible. I left. I left as soon as I Well, when we showed the documentary. Yeah. I had and to so, leave because I wasn't ready for it yet. Yeah. And so, I mean, I mean, during the whole process, we kind of shielded you a little bit just because we knew it was very raw. And I know growing up, I've always known that you, I don't know when I knew you went into residential school or suffered abuse in that way, 
but I think I knew it as an early age. And I've always screened movies for you as well. Like, if there's anything with, like, child abuse or someone's hitting or yelling at children all the time, my mom can't watch it. It's just, it's too close to home, I guess. So I'll, if I've seen the movie and I know what it's about, or I read the, the synopsis and I know what it's about, and then I'll tell you, like, this is what this movie's about. I'm pretty sure you don't want to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. But the school, <laughs> now, this is now what? Now February. this is February. It took me a whole month to get myself, you know, uh, comfort. Well, I told you, they did a, there was a, I think there was like a study or something that said there's 28 days to make or break a habit. Yes. So you needed to have 28 days to get used to doing something. Yes. Because the first couple of weeks, you kind of struggled a little bit. Yeah. By the second week, you were getting better. Yeah. And then you told me. The third week. The third week, you said to me, Aretha, did you know that the instructor talks and gives you instructions the whole time, then gives you homework in class, and then sends you home with homework? And I said, yeah, Mom, that's school. And she's like, yeah, but he talks the whole time, and then gives you homework, and you got to do it then, and then he gives you more homework that you got to take home. He's like, I've got three classes I have to do this with every day. And I said, yeah, Mom, that's, <laughs> that's, that's school. <laughs> See, I've never been, I don't recall ever going to the classroom and remembering anything like that. I'd have, I have no memory of attending classes from the time I went to school. No memory whatsoever. I don't even know any of my classrooms, my classmates. All I know is the main one, and that was uh, Barbara Nolan, which is Ted Nolan's uh, sister. That's the only girl I really knew in the classroom because she was always mm. hanging around by me. And she lives on a reserve. That's mm. another reason, too. But I really enjoy the school. I'm starting to realize what I miss, so I'm really making up for all the times I've missed that classroom enjoyment. So, so what, is your, what is your goal for the, for the school? Because this is only your first semester. You got some money from um, the, the residential school, the money that the residential personal school survivors got. Credit, they yeah, call the it, yeah, the personal credit that you can use towards education, and that's what you're that's using. That's what I'm using now. Which is only going to afford one semester. Yeah. So for you to continue, you're going to have to pay for the... Other stuff in September, then I'm going to have to either apply for scholarship or grants or, or grants to, to keep on going because I really want to get into writing. Mm -hmm. So mainly I'm taking an English course. I'll be taking an English course and a computer course. Because you did a test, right, that, that I did showed a test. that you had grades that I had a grade, the reading level I have, which is the grade I missed when I left home to go to the residential school. I just jumped from grade six right into grade eight due to my age. So you missed grade seven. Yeah, I don't remember going to grade seven. So you, so that's where your reading that, comprehension is So that's where my reading ends right there. I have a grade seven reading level, they tell me. But you needed at least a grade eight to get into this program. So your writing level was, was yeah. up to a grade eight. Because remember I failed, I failed that test uh, once. Yeah, so the first time test. you wrote this test, because you I have to have a grade it. 8 level. Yeah. And the first time you wrote it, you failed. Yeah. And you were pretty upset about that, oh, too. Oh, I just felt like I was, oh, what a disaster. You know, like a failure feeling, you know. Mm -hmm. And then you ended up going to your psychologist that you see all the time. Dr. And Battle. You, yeah, Dr. Battle. And you discussed, you know, failing this, and he helped you do some tests. And then 
And then I said, said, can you go back and write the test? And they said, yes, you can come back and write the test. So you wrote the test again, and this time you passed. Yes. And boy, I was ready. I said, that's it. I'm ready to <laughs> master those classrooms. and Which I guess says a lot because I know when you get letters from the government, like if you, because you have a pension, you work for the federal government for 30 years, you have yeah. a pension. And when they were sending you all the information on your pensions and your blah, 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 and all the stuff, you'd, I'd always have to read your letters for you because you didn't you to, understand what they you meant. You have to explain them. And that really says a lot for the way the government can, continues to communicate with people, especially since in the Aboriginal community, the, the average is a grade 8 level. Yeah. And so you not being able to understand a lot of what the letter is saying says a lot of the way they communicate with people. They just assume that everyone has this comprehension. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so the other thing I wanted to talk about was your story writing, because I haven't read any of your stories yet, but you've told me about some of your stories that you've written for class. Yes. And I got <coughs> my first lowest mark was 61. That's the lowest mark, and that's pretty good for a first written story. And these are all stories of my childhood life, you know, and my friends, the kind of life they had, and it's all to deal with the abuse at the residential school. That's how we all start with our problems, dealing with our problems. And these are all the friends of mine I went to school with. These are stories that I write about them. They're all, they passed away, they committed suicide. One friend of mine committed suicide, couldn't handle it anymore. Him and his, uh, her and her boyfriend, he got uh, abused by a minister, uh, priest. So they were a uh, girlfriend, boyfriend, and they both were on Skid Row or mm-hmm. on the street. They lived on the street. They were real good friends of mine because I went to school with them in 65. So now they passed away because they couldn't handle it. Because in those days, nobody, nobody thinks of it. No, and, and no one gets the help that they need. No, or there was no or help at that time. In this, in the eighties, this is in the eighties. I'm talking about nineties. Yeah. That's when that all that abuse, and they're all on the street. Mm-hmm. So they had no help, or nobody knew how to how to really help them, how to come and offer help because they don't, you know. A lot of them don't understand. So right away, they think you're you got a mental problem. Mm-hmm. So of course they're gonna run away and not listen to that person. So you've been talking about going back to school, and yeah. I know... So what? So what is your end goal? You said you wanted to continue going on. Like, how far are you going to continue, and what are you hoping to do at the end of your, your school? I'm seeing... The future I'm looking at right now is I'm thinking of going to university. Mm-hmm. I like to really get... really master that English. That, that, that's, uh, that's my dream. That's my dream. I always used to say this when I was, what, 16, 15. I have a dream. You know, I always think of uh, Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. I always think of him. I always have that same goal that he has. I think, I think there's some universal things that, you know, when people give strong speeches and you can, you can hear what they're really yeah. saying. That's I mean, it's just I'd universal. Like. Yeah. And so... I would like yeah. to write, I would like to write speeches for a lot of... <clears throat> Aboriginal organizations, 
But you also said you wanted to write like a you wanted to write a biography about your book because oh. not only have you got a residential school, you had a pretty rough start at life. Yeah. Then you also worked for the federal government for 30 years, and in itself has a whole bunch of stories. Oh, that's a lot of stories about the government, working mm -hmm. for the government. You know, all these stories is just amazing. People never realize what really happens when you're working for the federal government. <laughs> and it was it's fun. <clears throat> I even have pictures of all the... I started this happy hour on Thursdays for the government in Toronto. <laughs> Every Thursday we'd have this happy hour, and it it was packed. We we Fran's restaurant was the restaurant we used, you know, to get together on Thursdays. The whole staff would go. Mm -hmm. You never see that anymore with the federal government. Everybody got together and had enjoyed themselves, you know, before they go somewhere for the weekend. So yeah. right, we always knew when to go home, except for sometimes there's certain days where. We keep on going till we go to another party, and but silver dollars another story <laughs> <laughs> in Toronto. In Toronto, yeah. yeah. But anyway, I'm so I'm really enjoying school right now, and so you started writing stories for the English thing. So I was suggesting that I don't know how you've been writing them; haven't read read them yet. But maybe we'll post a link to them or post them on our on our website, and we'll we'll let people read some of your stories. And oh, my teacher just looks forward to 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 read my. Well, you've lived an interesting life, so I can yeah. see why she's people just, would like. She's your... anxious for me to like. Now I have a, I have a three paragraph, that I have to write, my essay on, and it's uh, to deal with perspective. Mm -hmm. So she's just anxious to read my story. Mm -hmm. I love reading a story. I just wait for the weekend and take your story home and read it. <laughs> so that's so, the end. Of so, my story on school. So that's that's the end of the update on school. Maybe we'll talk more about it. Maybe we'll see where see she how, is we'll at see the where end. I am at the end because I'm done in twenty fourth of April. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so that's the end of this, this section. We're going to move on to the next session where we're going to answer some questions and talk about live things. Hello. So welcome back to our second half. And so we are going to be talking about... Well, first of all, we asked people to give us questions about what they'd like us to talk about. And so Shanna Greatrix uh, sent us a message saying that she wanted to know how come some Aboriginal people have English last names like my mom's last name is Solomon? And so we're going to answer that question because uh, this is actually quite interesting if you if you don't know the history behind Canada and and between the Aboriginal peoples in Canada. And um, yeah, so I think it's funny that you said English last names because Solomon. I I think I watched this from watching you know that TV show that uh, comedy show a long time ago. It was called uh, Third Rock from the Sun, and they were supposed to be this alien family that came to America, and they were these aliens, and they kind of were kind of pretending to be this American family, and um, what ended up happening was their last name was Solomon, and so they were trying to, through this one episode, they were trying to discover, like, who they were, because, you know, everyone kind of identified with who they were, and, and in this episode... They, they, were, they were trying to basically figure it out. And so then their landlord comes up and goes, oh, you're a Solomon. You're obviously Jewish. And they were like, ah, Jewish. 
And I actually have a funny story about Solomon as well. When I was younger, my parents used to put our phone in my mom's maiden name because my parents are no longer together, so my mom moved back to her maiden name. But when we were younger, she would still be a great tricks, but we'd put our phone in as Christine Solomon. And what would happen was we would, we would do this because if someone called our number, like it's in the phone book, if someone called our number and asked for, hey, is Mr. or Mrs. Solomon there? You knew it was a telemarketer. So we would just be like, nope, sorry. Because anyone who had our number that we actually wanted to talk to would have our number. And so when I was younger, our phone would always be in Solomon. So anywhere I called, caller ID would show up that, you know, CR Solomon is calling. And because of that, my friends always just assumed that I was Jewish after that. And it was like, I didn't understand. I didn't understand it. They were like, oh, your last name Solomon? I'm like, no, my mom's last name is Solomon. They're like, oh, you're Jewish. And I would be like, no, I'm not. And they would be like, oh, but isn't Solomon a Jewish name? And so I was like, I, I don't think so. So, you know, confusing me, I would go home and ask my mom. I'm like, hey, they are telling me that Solomon's a Jewish name. And then my mom would tell me, no, no, it's, a, it's also a very common Aboriginal name for northern, like, Manitoba and northern Ontario. There's two, actually, Solomons. There's Ojibwe Solomons and there's Cree Solomons. So <clears throat> we're the Cree Solomons, but Solomon is actually a very common Aboriginal name as well. So you tell us how, how Solomon came to be, because your sister did some research on this. Yes, she uh, she's the one who told us, who mentioned about this. I don't know where she found that information in Moosonee, but someone told her in Moosonee that you know how our uh, the name Solomon came is uh, Grandpa Solomon is the one that started out with, he used to write his name Solo Man. That was when he was younger, in the younger days. So uh, I don't know how he got that solo man. Maybe there's a Cree word with solo man. But that's how she, that's how he wrote his name is solo and man. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how it got changed to Solomon. Well, I think in history, a lot of times... The government keeps changing it. Yeah, the government changes it. You know, they sometimes can't spell, yeah. you know. And after a while, they just kind of start assigning people last names because they don't really care. They're just like, you know, this is going to be your last name now. Because some of the... <clears throat> so Aboriginal people, I don't believe, had last names originally. No. We didn't have last names at all. I mean, you kind of knew who your family were from your from where your community was. Like, yeah. you knew who was who. We're all in this community. <clears throat> we all grew up together and... Mm -hmm. No one, everybody just had their first name. A lot of people didn't even know their last name. Yeah, so so people were kind of eventually like, okay, you're going to have last names. And so some people kind of came up with their own last names. <clears throat> and some of them were usually in their native languages. Yeah. Like your mother's last name is Quinshish. And the funny thing is, is I love to do genealogy, and the number of spellings for Quinshish is like, there's a, There's a lot, lot of them. Because at first I thought it was Ganeshish because it was spelled with a G, but apparently it's supposed to be spelled with a K. And then a C. And then a C. So all these records have this name that are kind of like, basically it's almost like someone told them their name and whoever was taking the records decide to try to spell it out how they thought it sounded. Yeah. And Kunshish 
um, we learned from another one of my aunts that she discovered means snowflake. Yeah, she discovered it was, so she called herself <coughs> Snowflake now. Well, that's her nickname. <laughs> so, I don't know, it was one of those things where you kind of learn about the history of last names and and then at one point, I don't know what happened in the government and like I said, I haven't done a lot of research on this but I do just know little things. And at one point, they kind of were translating a lot of these names into English. And maybe it was because they couldn't spell them, whatever. Or maybe they thought, okay, well, you know, what would this name be in English? Like, give yourselves English last names. And so, over here, um, you had a friend who lived in southern Alberta. She was Blackfoot. Yeah. And um, her last name was Many Grey Horses. And I remember we had this conversation with her one time. And she said that her family was like, no, this is our name. This is the translation of our name, Many Grey Horses. Because when we came up with our own names, again, they're usually very descriptive. A lot of our languages are very descriptive. I always like to use a horse, for example. So the word for for horse it's in translation means a big dog. Big dog, yeah. Because a Tim means dog. Mr. Tim. Mr. Tim means big, big dog. Big dog. And that's the word for horse because that's the other thing people don't know is that horses weren't always here. They no. were brought here. Yeah. So we didn't have words for horses. Like even now, I think the funny thing is if you ask someone the name for octopus, <clears throat> there is no standard way because you're basically describing, describing what an octopus that, would be. Yeah. And I think, I think the word that someone kind of came up with and has used is an Underwater, underwater animal. Underwater, fish. no fish. Underwater fish with, with eight legs. With eight legs, yeah. and that's the name for octopus because yeah. it's very descriptive. It's very we don't. Descriptive. We didn't have a word for a fish. Yeah, and I know even um, um, I wanted to know one time. I wanted to know what the word for dolphin or whale would be, and you went and asked your dad, and he said I would probably call it a fish that jumps in the air. Yeah. And that's that would be the name for a whale or for yeah we couldn't he couldn't <coughs> figure he couldn't really yeah because there was no actual word for he it he didn't have he couldn't know he because didn't know also, what word to use for dolphin because it's also where where your where your area is if yeah, you don't have whales or dolphins had. there you're not going to have a word for it and so yeah so he said well I would probably call it this and it was a a, a fish that jumps in the air yeah <coughs> that's what he, that's what he was saying I laughed at him. <laughs> he said, well, I guess the way I'm going to describe that, it's, it's a fish that flies in the air from the water. <clears throat> so, going back to the last names. Um, it's actually very interesting how some people's last names got to be what they were, because like I said, eventually the government was like, you know, like, you need a last name. So they gave them last, so they got last names. They gave themselves last names. And then they were like, Oh, they need they need to be like understandable, like translate them into English. So then they translate it in English, and then some people, I guess, just weren't doing it fast enough. I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm only speculating, but the government just started assigning last names after that, and that's why you actually have now these are real names. There's names like sack of potatoes, and it was just kind of like random things. Where like, fine, you're gonna be this, you're gonna be that. This is your name. And so point where I think this must have been when they had when they had their rush or their department deadline, which the government tends to have, like you have to have this done by this time and that's it. 
And so they actually started assigning people numbers. And I know this because as a summer student while I was going to school, I used to work for old age OAS and CPP and, and stuff like that. So basically I was dealing with all these files and after a certain amount of time, you destroy files because people have been gone for so long. And so I was destroying some of these files and, you know, I had to, I had to write down like what, like whose, whose they were, whose name they were and blah, blah, blah. And there were actually people who had random seven to 10 letter last names. And you know how some people like to use their last name as their first name? There were actually people that used this number because it was their last name as their first name. And then their name was like something pretty common. So... I mean, that's kind of how we kind of got last names. I mean, it was almost like, it was like a stepping process of, of just, I guess, colonizing us, like making sure that, you know, that we fit the system, which was having last names. And yeah, so that's, uh, that's the general history of, uh, last names. I, I hope that answered your question. Um, if you have any more questions, feel free to ask. We're willing to answer anything, anything about anything. Another thing we've been talking about is that uh, we were suggesting that instead of it just being me and my mom talking all the time, my mom also has very funny stories with her other friends. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm one of those people that if you find an older couple, an older friends sitting at a table, you want to be at that table. If you want to hear funny stories and laugh, you want to go to where the old ladies are. That's all I have to say. It's, it'll be the best experience of your life. They always have the best stories. They know how to gossip. And they're kind of past that stage where they just don't care. <laughs> Before, they might have cared what you thought, but now they're like, you know what? We're grandmothers. We don't care what you think. <laughs> and this is what happened. And they're a little more honest about their devious pasts now because they're like oh well we lived it we've done it's it's over we're not we're not afraid to say it though you know mm. before that we used to be you know hiding it and ashamed of it but you know these are these are funny stories it's not you know it's something we've learned living in the city it's you know talk about living out in out in the isolated area where you know you live in a place where the train only goes there those kind of stories <laughs> You know, and, and the adventures and on the train. Adventures on the train and adventures leaving home for the first time, you know. There's a lot of those stories that people are going to, I bet you anything, they're going to love. Mm -hmm. They're going to wish they were there. All I right. think so too. So okay. that's, our, that's our future episodes, one of them anyway. So who knows who we're going to interview first. Uh, maybe we'll find some friends here. I know most of your friends live in Ontario, so we have to wait till we go home. Yeah, we'll have to go home. We'll be recording when we go home, too. <clears throat> yeah, sounds good. All right, Till next time, keep listening, keep subscribing. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at SolemnMatrixPod. Solemn so Pod, one word. And then I also have Twitter, which is simply Aretha. My mom has Twitter. And her name is uh, Stebon. And Stebon is actually her nickname because when she was born, yeah. she was really small. So Stebon means like small bones or small meat. That was my mom's. Summer, that's what uh, that was my, grandpa, mom's. my grandpa 
nickname me. We also have a Facebook page, Solomatrix Podcast. And so, yeah, so like us and follow us and let us know if you're listening because, you know, I mean, it's one thing to just record these and just hope people are listening, but it'd be nice to hear some feedback as to, you know, if you're listening or not. And also suggestions and questions that you'd like us to answer. Okay? So until next time, see ya. See ya.